Hello, listeners. So, you know, I like to tell you all about other true crime podcasts that I love. So, I want to tell you about Love Murder. It's an awesome podcast by Jesse Prey and Andy Cassette. They host a weekly true crime podcast about relationships gone fatally wrong. Their show is all about seemingly normal people driven to terrible madness by passion and rage. They have in depth storytelling, get right into the content, and are funny without too much banter. I love how great the relationship is between the hosts. I recommend listening to Love Murder on the iHeart app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Jesse Prey, the co-host of Love Murder, a podcast about love gone fatally wrong. You're about to hear me and my co-host Andy Cassette from the beginning of one of our recent episodes, The Las Vegas Black Widow. It had been a poorly thought out fishing trip, one of the four fishermen was quick to point out. It was January 21st, 1995, quiet and cool. And the men had scrambled in the darkness to find a gravel path that would lead to Lake Mojave, a long, narrow reservoir straddling the Nevada and Arizona border, a 90-minute drive from Las Vegas. After four hours of silent darkness, the fish weren't biting, and a gentle rain had begun to chill the men's bones. Oh, that's a saucy one. It's the tea. (laughs) Even the moonlight had disappeared. Packing it up, they trudged in a single file line up the ravine, losing the path and slipping on loose stones and dirt. The single beam of the flashlight caught something eerie. A human skull, one of the men cried. And at first, the other men laughed at what had to be a joke. But no, there in the glow of the thin strip of light was indeed a human skull, resting on what would have been its left cheek. The men could see what looked like fillings in the teeth and threads of cartilage holding the jaw to the rest of the skull. Uh, what? This is the middle of the night. It's raining. Can you imagine? No. Three of the men were trained military police, and they knew better than to touch it or move it. They hightailed it back to civilization and called the police as soon as they reached a payphone. The next day, three out of four of the men returned to the lakeside grave located five miles from the closest settlement, a place called Nelson's Landing, to assist the police in finding the remains. The skull was located 70 yards from the roadway, remarkably well-preserved. In the back of the skull, there were three small holes that suspiciously resembled bullet holes. There were new discoveries as well. The police found a fire pit a few yards up the ravine from the skull. Inside the fire pit was burned bone fragments and the charred metal frame of what looked like had been an antique chest. The forensics team noted deep grooves in the gravel, indicating that the heavy trunk had been dragged to the fire pit, most likely with the body inside. So they burned the body, but not the skull? So they're... Are some theories about this later on, which we will get to. Some of them include the fact that it could have happened at night. Maybe the person didn't realize that the skull rolled away. Maybe macabrely, they put it out on purpose. And then, of course, there was a slight burn mark in the back of the skull near where the bullet holes were. Okay. And they think that perhaps scavengers had pulled the skull away from the burn pit. Ah. But it is curious. Okay. 
One other small piece of evidence was found glinting in the sunlight about 13 feet from the burn pit. It was a bracelet, tarnished but intact, tiny diamonds spelling out the name Ron. Ron in diamonds? Yep. R-O-N, Ron in diamonds. The poor soul whose skull had just been found would not remain nameless for long. And once investigators were able to connect the dots, a diabolical plot was revealed, one motivated by greed, love, and jealousy. The discovery would spark an arrest, a flee from justice, a fugitive on the run for years, and then one of the truly most ridiculous trials I have ever read about. Without further ado, let's get into this. It sounds very love murder-y. It is. This starts out fairly straightforward and then it just gets more and more dramatic. And even like you think the drama's done and it's not. And then it's not again. And then it's not again. And then I even have like a postscript that's even more dramatic. It just gets crazy. Wow. So I think that a good place for us to start is with a man named Ron and Diamonds. Yes, that's the perfect place to start. So Ronald Rudin would eventually become a Sin City real estate developer worth millions. But on November 14th, 1930, he was just a wee newborn baby. Ron grew up in Joliet, Illinois, the only child of Roy Rudin, who worked for a chemical company, and Stella, his warm and doting wife. Ron had a happy childhood, spending summers at his grandparents' farm, learning to hunt, and leading a band of cousins around. And his cousins, because I think he was an only child, were more like siblings to him. Yep. The idyllic childhood was marred by the death of Ron's father by a heart attack at a young age. And as a result of the shocking loss, Ron and his mother grew extremely close. They would be close their entire life. His love for hunting continued, and on the way home from a hunting trip out west, he detoured to take in Las Vegas and fell madly in love with the glittering oasis in the desert. Ron began his real estate empire by working construction jobs, saving for foreclosed properties, fixing them up, and flipping them. Awesome. Thanks for listening to that preview of the Las Vegas Black Widow from Love Murder Podcast. Find us anywhere you listen to podcasts, and remember... Trust your gut when it comes to love so no one ends up murdered.